This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 21st of November. In your squiz today, trouble at Twitter, a Silicon Valley sentencing, we are the champions, and time to let rip. This is your squiz today. Claire, there's a lot going on at Twitter HQ these days. It's been just three weeks since Tesla and SpaceX billionaire Elon Musk took over the social media platform. But he's made another controversial decision over the weekend by asking users to vote on whether former President Donald Trump should have his account reinstated. The results were close, with 51.8% of the 15 million respondents saying that Trump should be allowed back on. Uh, It's not certain that Trump will return. His account has been reinstated. Uh, But he says that he's sticking with his own social media platform called Truth Social. Uh, During the former president's heyday, he had almost 90 million followers. That's down to 5.9 million on his reinstated account. Uh, And Trump wasn't the only one let back on on the weekend. Uh, Other suspended accounts were also reinstated, which has led many to ponder uh, how Musk is approaching content moderation and safety issues. Yes, that issue capped off another chaotic week during which 1,200 more workers quit, including many vital engineers following an ultimatum that they commit to hardcore work, something we talked about at the end of last week. Now, that's raised concerns about the platform's stability, with some experts saying that Twitter has a 50% chance of crashing during the World Cup in Qatar, which kicks off literally today. Yeah, so it's a big event and plenty take to Twitter to talk about it. Uh, The numbers, though, tell a story about what's happening at Twitter. So Musk fired half of the company's 7,500 strong workforce earlier this month, uh, with thousands more quitting and taking redundancies. It's estimated that fewer than 1,000 staff remain. So there's hashtags like RIP Twitter that are trending uh, and experts say that it's going to be hard for so few workers to keep the site up and running. And some have also noted that Musk has a record on being tough on staff. That included at Tesla where there have been many lawsuits over things like demanding long shifts at various times. The uncertainty about the future of Twitter remains, though, and there's still a lot up in the air. For his part, Musk says usage levels are at an all-time high. Claire, we've talked a lot about the various global summits that Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has been attending over the last 10 days. But the one that he didn't go to, the United Nations Climate Conference known as COP27, concluded in Egypt yesterday with members reaching an agreement on one of the forum's stickiest issues, 
paying for climate change damages. COP27 was due to wrap up on Friday, but it went into extra time to try and get agreement on that topic. That's about compensation for developing countries for the damage brought about by climate change. And the idea is that it's developed countries that have contributed most of the emissions that have brought about global warming uh, and the poorest countries that are worst affected in the here and now. Uh, And yesterday, agreement was found, but there's no real guidance on how much money the compensation fund needs, uh, who contributes to it and who would benefit from it. There's no rest for Albanese, who wrapped up the APEC summit in Thailand on Saturday, which has brought to an end the summit season. He's now back in Canberra for the final two sitting weeks of Parliament before the end of the year. Claire, there's been almost a week of silence from the Medibank hackers after the health insurer held firm on its refusal to pay them a $15 million ransom. But that doesn't mean they've gone away, as another 1,500 or so records in four files were released on the dark web on Saturday. Yeah, it takes the number of records released to more than 2,700, with more than 2,500 Australians affected by the leaks of that stolen data. Uh, What they say is there were a couple of hundred people who have been affected a couple of times. Analysts say that it's an escalation in the cyber criminals' attempts to force Medibank into paying that US $10 million ransom that they've asked for. Uh, And the weekend's activities by the hackers has seen Medibank bank boss David Koskar apologise again. He says that the customers whose details have been exposed are being offered support. Last week, Medibank held its AGM, at which shareholders were told that the hack will cost the company at least $35 million. But experts say this figure could increase to a billion dollars if the millions of affected customers join a class action lawsuit and win. Claire, if you listened to a podcast or watched a show called The Dropout, then you'll be all too familiar with Silicon Valley startup founder Elizabeth Holmes, who has sustained quite the fall from grace. She's been sentenced to 11 years and three months in jail for defrauding investors in her failed blood testing company, Theranos on Saturday. So Holmes was quite a name on the tech startup scene in Silicon Valley, and she raised almost a billion US dollars from investors. That included from people like Rupert Murdoch and the former Secretary of Defence, James Mattis. Uh, She said her invention would revolutionise health diagnostics because hundreds of tests could be run from just a few drops of blood. Uh, But the technology never worked. And at her sentencing hearing on Saturday, The judge said that it might have been hubris uh, or an intoxication with fame that led to her deceptive conduct. Holmes is currently pregnant with her second child, so she won't have to report to prison until April next year after she's given birth. And if you're wondering what happened to her former business partner slash boyfriend, Sonny Bulwani, he was found guilty of fraud in a separate trial and is expected to be sentenced on the 7th of December. 
Claire, we know us Aussies are pretty good at sport, but today we're feeling extra confident because our men's and women's national rugby league teams are officially the best in the world after they both took out yesterday's finals of the World Cup in Manchester, England. Yeah, such a great result for the Aussies. Uh, for the blokes, it was a 30-10 to 10 victory over Samoa. Uh, that gave the Aussies the title of world champions for the 12th time. Uh, it was a massive achievement for those Pacific Islanders to make it into the final, uh, but they didn't really get much of a chance against the Kangaroos. Uh, and the Jillaroos were also massively better than their competitors. Uh, we beat the Kiwi Ferns 54-4 to four, uh, and that made it the Aussie women's third consecutive Rugby League World Cup victory. Yeah, it was really incredible. And if that wasn't great enough, commentators say the gulf between our team and the rest is widening thanks to our world-leading NRLW competition. So looks like we'll be the team to beat for some time to come. Claire, I feel that you and I are both very good at regulating our emotions, but if we ever do feel the need to let rip, there's a new craze for women who want to let it all out. (laughs) So Sydney woman Gretchen Miller posted to her local community Facebook group, uh, does anyone else feel like screaming? And it seems that many (laughs) did. Uh, So the Shout Sisters group was formed and they met in an inner city park to scream together. Uh, The idea is that you can unleash your anger without inhibition uh, and it's an idea that's spreading across the world. Is that appealing to you, Claire? Do you feel the (laughs) urge to scream and let it all out? Because maybe I just see the calm version and not the swan legs going furiously underneath. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no seething anger underneath the veneer. It's all all pretty good. (laughs) I think I could be tempted. (laughs) That's it for us for today. We hope you have a great start to the week and we'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price – People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, You don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.